Chelsea have wrapped up the title for the fourth year in a row with a very, very comfortable last day win at Reading by three goals to nil. And Sam Kerr has two of them. And that's what she is saying. One, two, three, four titles in a row. Chelsea, champions again. Champions, four years in a row. Welcome to the We're Never Gonna Stop Talking About It edition of the Fran Kirby Fight Club. Featuring another WSL title for Chelsea FCW, a host of end of season awards and to echo the wise words of Emma Hayes, a non-stop gin o'clock tour. I mean, I don't drink, but I, you know, I appreciate the people who do drink that this is probably something that's going to be going on for the next couple of days. I'm Aaron Naz and I'm obviously way too giddy to be talking on my own. So, of course, I have the wonderful Mia Erickson on hand. Mia, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, I feel that this week is going to be a good week because yeah. the last week ended very good because of Got the good, everything. Got the good vibes going, yeah. Yeah. But basically because of everything you just said. So. <laughs> and of course, Andre, Andre Carlyle, who is recovering from some sort of flu, but he has an immune system that is akin to someone who's just seen his team win their fourth domestic title in as many years. How is it going, Andre? <laughs> uh, I feel like shit, but uh, I'm very happy <laughs> oh, no. that Chelsea has done, uh, done it for four years in a row. I think it's an incredible feat, and I'm eager to talk about it, even with this very strange voice that I have right now. Yeah, I think people might might think that you sound a little bit strange, but I'm glad we've got it out of the way. He's unwell, but he's powering through. Um, you know, you started off perfectly, Mia. Let's start off with sort of the general reactions. We didn't really get to do a reaction on the final day or even the day after. We did just like Chelsea give ourselves a few days to celebrate whilst attending to some personal matters. But if we rewind back to last Sunday, how did it feel immediately after the final whistle? I mean, I was actually wearing shopping, listening to the radio. Oh, uh, well, um, I I was uh, I I thought we had won like before the game even had mm-hmm. started in in one way. Uh, so when you watch the game and just, I mean, I tried to have a nice relaxing time on the couch watching some good football. Uh, and then obviously the game was kind of boring, uh, but <laughs> not the result of it. <laughs> so, and and I don't know about you guys, but every time, you know, one season is about to end and the final whistle has like gone, then you feel like sort of empty in a way too. So I was like both very happy, relaxed, and then I felt sad because of... I think I think I know I know what you mean um like obviously this season I haven't had you know as much of an involved role in the WSL as last season I was there on the final day last season um when Chelsea won against Manchester United and it it felt kind of strange to see people on the timeline in the industry kind of wrapping up their season and the team wrapping up their season you're not really quite sure what to do because in in a such a sort of astoundingly astoundingly predictable way Chelsea have won another title um we are such a powerful team domestically that it feels it's not as it's not as amazing as the first time as the second time as the third time as the fourth time Andre what what did you feel you know I it was funny to me because I I kind of had the same feeling uh I felt like this game was just it was coronation 
it wasn't really like a competitive game. And you kind of expect that, you know, it's Reading. They pretty much were already down. We can lose to them like in the middle of the season, but we're not going to lose to them on the final day when we can win a fourth consecutive title. That's just not how MAs rolls. So like for the first 10, 15 minutes, you know, they're, they're going hard. They're defending very hard. And you're just thinking, okay, hopefully it's not going to turn into one of those. A goalkeeper has one of those incredible performances and it's just a frustrating game. You end up winning one nil at the end. And Sam Kirk took care of that right away uh, and said in the 18th minute, no, we're going to start the party now. And I was like, all right, thank you so much. So, yeah, I, I felt good and was just happy. And I, I don't know. I think I'm, I think I'm given what the team has had to do to win these titles. I still, it doesn't, I'm not used to it. I'll say that. Mm. Like I'm, I'm excited when it happens because of what they needed to do. You know, they needed to beat Arsenal. They needed to not drop points at all. They needed to beat Villa. We talked about it, that crazy run that they had to go through, play Lyon twice, play Barcelona twice. And they they had to go through all of those league victories too to maintain their point advantage. They make up all the games playing every three days, get three points, three points, three points, get on top of the table. And then it's like, okay, we're here now. We're not going to lose this. And it's just kind of amazing that the team continues to do these sorts of things. Yeah, and I think there's kind of this sense, at least domestically, that Chelsea are the team to be inspired by. They're the team that have got it together. They are the team that have made the the big money signings um, and finally are in a position where they're kind of challenging for the Champions League and getting to a point where, you know, we almost did push um, Barcelona as far as it could go it seems like we've reached that point that we we're always trying to do we spent the last couple of seasons remolding and revamping this team different formations players and and finally at that point how much of that kind of makes you feel excited Mia really about the future of Chelsea yeah I do think as a Chelsea fan everyone should feel very excited because apparently I mean you you just mentioned something there that said that Teams always have to revamp and rebuild uh, over the mm-hmm. summers, but it feels like Chelsea won't have to do that uh, as much this summer. I mean, there aren't that many players out, uh, and they have been been playing this team uh, for so many years, it feels, uh, in a way, that what makes me excited is the fact that I do think that Chelsea will be the team to beat next season, not just because of the fact that they have uh, won the title four years in a row. Um, That's also one reason. But one reason is also the fact is that if we look at the team, teams that are competing with with Chelsea for real now, Manchester United, uh, Manchester City and Arsenal, they have big summers ahead if they are going to keep up with Chelsea. Uh, this is also something that it, it's more exciting to speak about Chelsea competing in Europe in that way, because then you have the teams in Europe that they will have to beat next season again, obviously, is also teams that, that has the same players years in uh, and years out, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. So I know we speak a lot about that the WSL is competitive, but Chelsea have been winning it four years in a row. And the other clubs 
they aren't near Chelsea in the consistency with players, managers and everything around the teams. So I do feel that Chelsea, I, I can't see any other team beat Chelsea domestically uh, if they keep this up. And that must be like part of the exciting thing, as you say. It's it's not so much that we're in a point where we need wholesale transformations, even after losing maybe two of the biggest squad players in Penilla Harda and Magda Eriksson to, to Bayern Munich. Actually, we still have a lot of talent coming in and are maybe in a place where we're figuring out how to play our best players. How kind of encouraging is that, Andre? Yeah, I think one of the things for me about this that's so fun is that it's almost like you can, we, we've heard him hey, say it time and time again, really, that it's just like the Champions League is what she wants to win. and But that's not coming at the expense of domestic results. Basically, what she wants is the team to be on a completely different level. And when it gets into league play, you're just running into a team that's primed to perform in the Champions League. And that's kind of what we've gone to. You know, these first two league titles in this run were won over Manchester City the third one over Arsenal, this one over Manchester United. Those are all of our rivals. And we just continue to say, like, it doesn't really matter who you are within the league. Our focus and our aim is higher. And like, you can put us under pressure because we're going to be in all the competitions late, but we're going to win the league. And <laughs> we just keep doing it uh, time and time and time again. So, like, yeah, I think it's been a tremendous statement and I think it's going to be hard for quite honestly who knows what's going to happen in the future but I think it's going to be hard for teams to really catch up you know Arsenal has a ton of injuries I know when they when their players are healthy we'll see what they look like they should still be very talented Manchester City uh, apparently they're keeping Garrett Taylor for another season so (laughs) okay sure um Ona Betier I think she's probably on her way to Barcelona um I don't know about Alessia Russo, but I'd be surprised if she stayed almost, but it may be a a bit of a toss up now. So, you know, we've got some of our biggest rivals with a lot of question marks and we're kind of continuing to soar and add talent and add talent and, and continue to refine a team that's already this dominant in the league. Yeah, and I think you have to also mention is that I think a lot of people might have this perception that Chelsea have had an easy run. For a team to win four titles in a row, you would expect that they've been incredibly dominant, that you know luck's been in their favour and nothing's gone wrong. But I think this season might be the best, and maybe you could talk about the season before when Frank Covey wasn't playing, but the best sort of encapsulation of, of a team that has, to, has had to ride so many waves, had so many players injured. They start player out for the most of this season and only just returned uh, Emma Hayes was out for a little while as well she had that emergency hysterectomy all sorts of stuff and it's just kind of more and more proof that this is a team that's not only dominant and not only good but can weather that storm and that is down entirely to the developmental changes in players on the pitch and the coaching effects that Emma Hayes has put into play I mean we could talk about we could probably sit here and talk about quite a few of them and we've got a, a few to mention in our personal awards here but Let's let's kick that off now. Um, and I just want to start things off by talking about the defender of the year and the attacker of the year. And actually, me, I'm going to put you on the spot first, just because you have to be, you know, you're just slipping down the screen there. I mean, I, I mean, I've got my answers written down, but I think I think I'm going to wait to see what everyone else has to say. So let, let's hear it. Defender of the year. I think I think that's the hardest one, actually. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, 
I I do think that because we 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 just said it that we have had injuries like players has been stepping up players have been I mean and I've been talking about this like when when before and but I'm going to allow myself to be biased now <laughs> I'm going to do that because so I'm going to say Magdalena Eriksson I'm going to say that because I I will allow myself to do that because of the fact that I I do think that she has been she has been doing more than enough from not being first choice center back to the end of the season and the result that it has brought. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say that. I'm glad you said that because I have the exact same person down for the exact Woo-hoo! same reasons. <laughs> Andre, finish finish the circle, complete the circle. Who is it you've gone for? I, I went a different route, but only because <sighs> no. o- only because I knew that I knew that Mia was gonna do that. So I I agree that it was we talked about it before on the last episode. It was just perfect. You know, I don't love the injuries that happened that, that required this move, but you know, with with Millie and Khadija being injured, it was really important for Magda to step up and she did. Even though she was leaving, she did. She gave us the best version of herself at the very end. And that's just such an incredible thing. Uh, and I loved all of the social media afterwards. I loved all the goodbyes. I loved all of the, just the, the emotion in it. Um, her performances overall were just incredible. So um, that is probably the answer. But because I, I like to, you know, throw out some balance, I went with F. Parisay. Only because Interesting. I think she grew throughout the season. She didn't have the best start. It was difficult. It was tough for her to find her way at Chelsea. We thought she was going to be nailed on starter from day one. And then that didn't really happen. Uh, her, her spot fluctuated a bit throughout the season. But towards the end of the season, she became very important. She had some big performances in the Champions League. And she had some big performances in the WSL. And she ended up with what in the league? It was three assists in the last five games. Um, I think those were really important. I mean, that that's basically the sliding sliding assist and the sliding shot the Guro scored was just awesome. I love that, and that was all even Guro just deciding, you know, all right, we're gonna do this. So yeah, I've I've got Paris just because she struggled early but came good late, and that's what you need. Yeah, I think I quite like the answer because it's another another example of a player who's kind of been thrown into things and maybe not because of their choice. And I know that Emma has had to do that quite a few times. Another example, Marin Mielder, also similar reasons. The tail end of the season, she was, you know, she was absolutely crucial to our back four. Uh, again, a player kind of thrown in when things weren't going right. So I, I understand. I suppose some people have chosen to critique her performance but we've kind of thought and said well actually that's a really crucial part of her development um so yeah definitely think Perise Miel does another um as you say it would be nice to to have to see Bright or Buchanan in there but it's just been so injury ridden um and I guess you could say kind of a similar situation about the attacker of the year because we've not had Panilla or Fran, and those have been two of our sort of central playmakers, creatively at least, and it's kind of put the spotlight on other players. Um, I am going to answer this one first, and only because I know that maybe somebody might say Lauren James, and I feel like that's that's the answer, but I 
I think there is one player who's who's risen above and again for the same reasons as a result of injury. I think we have to say Guru Aiton. I think she's just been I'll put it out there. I don't know if this is a hot take or anything, but I think she's been our best player this season just for various reasons in in a part of the pitch where we've solely had to rely on Sam Kerr and it's been incredible the amount of goals we ended up scoring. Um, she was crucial. She was the one who led to the goal against Barcelona. She was there in, in the first leg causing chaos. She's She's been, you know, I think she's had the most amount of assists this year with 11, nine goals. Um, you know, Lauren James is good, but Sam, but Guru Wrighton has been around for for a while, and I think each season she's shown a progression, and she seems to be on the same level. I think we have to see her on the same level as Sam Kerr, as Frank Kirby, as Penilla Harder. I, I don't, you know, I'd find it difficult to give it to anyone else. I think. What about you guys? Well, I agree. I have yeah. nothing more to add. Uh, <laughs> I, I can argue why I think Gurureitan uh, is my choice. Um, because of the fact is that even though Lauren James is a great world-class player in her best times, she hasn't been as consistent as Gurureitan. Uh, because Gurureitan is the player that I, I do think if Gurureitan wouldn't have played uh, as a regular and and this many minutes that, that she has been playing, I do think that there could have been more struggle um, than it has been. Um, she, she has delivered consistently and throughout the season in every game she has played. You, you can, I mean, I'm struggling to find a game uh, in the back of my head where she has played bad like mm-hmm. really bad I think it's, it's, she's kind of faultless in that sense um, and you are right James has got a little bit more kind of to, to go in terms of her development but this season she's been phenomenal and the fact that there's more to come must be interesting but who have you gone for Andre? You know I could have I, I could have <laughs> weaved again I, I thought about you know Pernilla Harder perhaps and she came back we really needed her you know she was really crucial to the to the run to the title towards the end of the season showed how much we missed her Lauren James as well exceptional I mean especially early on in the middle of the season we talked about it on the podcast though she kind of hit a wall where she hadn't played this month this amount of football before and she looked tired. You know, there were some some performances that dropped a little bit, which is understandable given her age, given the fact that this was her first time doing this at this level. Um, playing for Chelsea is not easy. Expecting to being expected to win games every single every every three days is not easy. Um, and in that, so from that standpoint, it can't be anybody else but Guru because she's been doing it. I mean. 11 goals, 15 assists, this FB ref is a right. That's that's all competitions, well, Champions League and uh, the WSL. I'm sure there was more in the Conti Cup and the FA Cup too. So I'll have to probably shout out to Harry Edwards to find like the, the real <laughs> numbers. He keeps track of all that stuff. But yeah, Guru has been unbelievable this entire season. Consistent, 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 and creative and precise with everything that she does. I just love the style the way that she plays the game I absolutely love it and we saw a range of it this season and needed it like Mia said it's funny you say that about her consistency because I kind of have her down for the next award which you picked which is that she got that dog award of the year um it's every time like she does something and and 
a new gift just drops and you disappear, Andre, and you collect it and you put this gift out and people just lap it up. And I can't think of anyone more well-suited to that award. She's just sassy in all the right ways. I mean, I love the gif of her when she's like walking and she's got her nails out and everything. Um, I want to hear what you guys think. Well, since I created the She Got That Dog in her award, I'll go ahead and and, and give mine. Uh, mine is Mayor Mielda, um mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. she came in and like I, I said on previous episodes, I don't think we thought that Magda and Marin being a center back partnership was something that we would have to rely on this season and would be something that we would be very capably able to rely on this season. And it was so. And then it ain't got nothing to do with the league, but that performance against Lyon. Yeah. Just if mm-hmm. there's, there, there ain't no, there ain't no better encapsulation of got that dog in you than that. <laughs> like that, that was just outrageous. Everything that Maramiel did, two back-to-back penalties, didn't let anything face her at all. We got by the best club team in Europe, um, given the history. Like, I just absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, and I think people forget that that penalty that took it to extra time, it was the last kick of the game. It was really weirdly taken. Um, there were a couple of cool picks from people in the stands where everyone else was like almost at the halfway line. It could have been like a penalty final. Like you wouldn't have known the difference. And it was ice cold, as you say. I think we tweeted at the time, ice cold. It's just, it's pure Marin in sort of unfiltered ways she just gives everything and she's not unfazed by those situations and we needed something like that I've got her down for another one of the awards so I'm gonna I'm gonna have to bring that up again what about you Mia yeah I I I feel kind of boring that I just agree but (laughs) I I do think that that's what's define you know a team that can beat one of Europe's best like Leon, when you have a player like Mara Mielda that just can step up to the spot, act like, okay, this is just another penalty mm-hmm. that I'm going to have to shoot in the back of the net. Um, don't mind if it's Leon or whatever, uh, whatever minute it is on in the game or, or and stuff like that. And I do think that this is what what people have to understand as well um, that these players also are so valuable to a team when these moments come. like Because moments like this come when you play in these tournaments. And then you will have to have a player that doesn't get nervous, knows their role, and knows what to do about the situation. And, and that is modern Mjölde. I mean, obviously, I do think that I mean, look at her role in the Norwegian national team. It's the same. And and she plays that role very well. And the football, too. Absolutely. On um, as, as sort of as, as best as we can say, I guess. And I think we do have a couple of honourable mentions. We have to mention Erin Cuthbert, just because, you know, she's Erin Cuthbert. It's, it's her. Uh, you'll see her in the face of even the most sort of aggressive feisty midfielders just getting stuck in and I'd also like to mention Zizira Musevich because I think her her social media content is just top-notch and I saw a video of her the other day she's doing a little pose with the trophy and you know her and even to a sense Anne Katrenberger those guys have have really put in the shift this season um but yes maybe Marin is the the spiciest or the iciest of all of them you know either or um 
player of the year now this one's a bit difficult because it, it's not you know the other ones seem a bit more niche whereas here you've got to kind of consider a lot more factors um i'm not going to go first i'm going to let andre go first since he's always he's always dipping in at last second <laughs> yeah this this one's the hardest one um you know i like goals and goal scores so it should be guru um just because of everything that i said about her but i think i'm leaning towards aaron cuthbert uh, for the reasons that you mentioned. I mean, she led the team in tackles, led the team in blocks, led the team in interceptions. Like her work rate is just ridiculous. And then she capped in with goals as well when we needed them. So like it was it was a full Aaron Cuthbert like performance throughout the season. And she played a lot of minutes. She said before the season that she really wanted to play in central midfield. That's where she like a position she wanted to nail down. Versatility was good she's happy to help the team but she felt like she's a central midfielder and emma gave her the keys and said okay go ahead you know do it in central midfield and let's see what you got and she showed it i mean just non-stop engine <laughs> non-stop just taking the ball from player making it very difficult to get to dribble through chelsea's midfield i mean it wasn't always perfect but i think that there really isn't a player that that did I think over the the scope of the entire season, it is much running, as much intense running, mm. as much aggressive running, as much ball winning as Aaron Cuthbert, and that stuff is so vital. You can't just have the attackers floating around up there knocking in goals. Somebody's got to get the ball back for them. Somebody's got to get the ball to them, and a lot of that started with Aaron Cuthbert. That was a really strong start. <laughs> Maybe you should be going first to all of them. Um, Mia, what about you? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm going to stick with Guru Reiten. You got to. Um, you have to. Yeah, because I do think that the way Chelsea have been playing, I'm not going to say that any player is replaceable, if you know what I mean now, but I'm going to stick with my argument, what I said before, that I do think that if Guru Reiten uh, hadn't been playing as many minutes uh, that she has been playing, uh, it would have showed. Um, I, I I can seem to remember that Erin Cuthbert was out a couple of weeks with her thigh injury. And you can see that the other midfielders could play her role, even though Erin is Erin. And I totally get what you mean, Andre. But, but I do think that Guru Reiten has... She deserves to be my player of the year. I feel a bit bad because you both have made really strong cases and I've gone completely the opposite direction. Um, I had a couple of thoughts of what I would say for this and I thought Lauren James again initially just because of her development, but then I felt more strongly that none of that would have been possible without anne Catherine Berger, who has you know dealt with serious problems well, what would seem to be a serious blow in receiving a second cancer diagnosis after having been in remission. But you wouldn't know it, you know, kudos to Chelsea as a club for providing her the services and however, um, you know, whatever treatment or special practices that she might have needed. But you would not be able to tell that she was dealing with that, um, not because she hasn't been vocal about it or transparent, but because she has continued to operate at an intensity and Emma Hayes has set that precedent you know, she's been like, you have to play up here. You've got to play every three days, or you're playing against Leon and then Arsenal and then and then Manchester United. And although she has been out, um, you know, a couple of times, we've had 
Mizovic come in, she's maintained that level of intensity. Um, and I think she made a couple of really key saves in the first leg against Barcelona um, to keep that level for us. I think she she's made continued to make key saves. And I think that's something that's improved each year on, her ability to stop shots um, and her reaction time. And it's just, it's been really encouraging to to be able to believe in somebody like that not just because of their backstory but because of their skills uh, even when the back four has looked shaky or unstable she has continued to to be almost without sort of being cheesy a rock a defensive rock um and so yeah I know like I wanted to say Sam Kerr and I want to say Lauren James but I think we have to kind of mention Berger as well I love that, actually. I love that we all three had somebody different and for very good reasons. Like, I can't yeah. argue against Guru. I can't argue against AKB. I think these are excellent. It kind of shows to me, it's like, that's what it took. That's the team mm-hmm. that we're building. And you could always say Sam Kerr. She's usually at the end of big goals. But, like, so many players deserve a lot of credit. So, like, I'm I'm not mad at anybody's choices. I think we did good. I think we defended them as well as well. You know, I thought we were really, really strong about that. I think we might be a little bit at odds for this next award because it's the favourite win. And straight away, I said before, I was going to mention the Leon game. Surely, surely we're we're agreed on this one. Although maybe there's, I'm thinking of one more. I'm not going to say because I want to see what you guys think. Favourite win of the year. I'm guessing of the year, of the season. Any win across any sort of tournament. I think it's got to be that Leon game, but I might be wrong. Yeah, I have a hard time with this because I, <laughs> I, I, in my head, I'm thinking about the the game one nil against Manchester United, and then the Lyon game, obviously. But okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Lyon game because of the fact that that was like a a brilliant exp not a brilliant experience. It wasn't because it was a horrible game to watch. Ner- nerve nerves and all but you know as as a viewer that game was a just an experience uh the Manchester United game wasn't that good uh in total but that goal and and the result it it brought like domestically um yeah okay I, I I'll say the Lyon game the second leg Obviously. yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's extremely hard to beat that um the leon game was just incredible i mean i gave Marin the 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 dog in her year of the year award uh for for that game but i mean i also think that one nil over manchester united was very important manchester united were really flying feeling themselves top of the table it was really important for chelsea to say hey like we're still have very every intention of winning the league and even though I have said numerous times on this podcast that I absolutely hated the game plan that we went into that game with, um, the connection that Lauren James had to Sam Kerr and that goal, the way that she just lobbed it over Earps, I just like that made me happy. Y'all know how much a chip makes me happy. I was very, very happy. I was ecstatic to see that go in. So yeah, that's exactly where. I think the Lyon game was important, but in terms of lifting silverware at the end of the of the year, that game is what allowed us to do it. One of the games that allowed us to do it over our direct rival, not allowing them to get any points in that game, super important. So for me, yes, the Lyon game, but I'm also thinking maybe, maybe that that the the fact that we lifted a fourth title over United this is a little bit of an edge 
Now we've talked about the favourite win of the season. How about favourite goal? We're just getting more and more sort of niche and narrow and more and more complex. Um, I'm, I'm like me, I'm being a bit boring. I've gone with Marin Miodo again just because like you can't contest it. It's a final kick of the game. You know, it couldn't be more competitive and more like there couldn't be more pressure on a person to score that goal and she does so I've I've kind of gone for maybe one of the predictable ones Marin Mielda against Leon to take it to, to extra time Mia what about you no I I don't agree uh, <gasps> but I do agree but you know what I mean uh, I my favorite goal of the year is uh, not in a competitive game at all I would say but it's uh, Aaron Cuthbert's Cuthbert's uh, goal against Tottenham uh, I think it's yeah that's like that that's a crazy goal I think it's in in minute 26 or something straight after a corner she just gets the ball by her feet uh, I think she brings it down uh, herself and then just smack straight into to go with yeah I I think that was that curl <laughs> on the ball if you look at it uh, that that does it for me that's my goal of the year Andre what about you yeah I might have actually given a little bit of foreshadowing to mine oh, no. <laughs> uh, my, my <laughs> mine was that Sam Kerr uh, Lauren James to Sam Kerr against United um, that little chip that she did over Mary Earps's shoulder right into the far side netting uh, perfectly placed it was just an unbelievable goal Chelsea uh, again just did not have the best game plan, but got the result. Um, I, I yeah, I thought I thought that goal, the execution on it, absolutely unreal. So yeah, um, in terms of fine margins and everything needed to be inch perfect, I think it's probably that goal that, that stands out to me the most. I was trying, I was scrolling through and and just seeing how many. It's funny people said that this wasn't. You know, they didn't feel like this was a, a typical, you know, dominant Chelsea year. But I'm I'm looking at some pretty lopsided score lines. So I'm kind of like, I don't know what y'all are talking about. Like, this team has been pretty impressive. I mean, you know, seven against Everton, six against Leicester. You know, I, I know these are teams that are beneath them. But um, this Chelsea team still put up quite a few goals. I mean, what, scored 66 goals um, throughout their 22 uh, league games. That's pretty damn good. Uh, highest in the league by what mm, 10 I think Manchester United scored 56 and that's the other thing yeah. like we were behind on goal difference for like two weeks <laughs> and then we scored 13 un- unanswered goals <laughs> and before yeah. you can even blink we're, we're on top and that's again another sign of how dominant and you are right I've seen loads of things where people were like Chelsea weren't that good this year and and maybe sort of in, in places we weren't but actually as as an average, it all just balances out. It doesn't matter that there was a small blip during the season because we finished it on such a high. Um, now we've, we're going even sort of narrower down to favourite assist. Uh, I will let Andre go first. Um, my favourite assist was Guro's assist to Sam Kerr against Leicester, where she bent the ball around four Leicester defenders right into the path of Sam Kerr, who was on the other side of the pitch. How she saw that pass is unreal. How she executed that pass is unreal. And when she chose to play that pass is unreal because Sam Kerr was not open <laughs> when she played the ball. She like read the future 
and said, okay, by the time I put the ball from here to here, you will be right there. And that's exactly what happened. I, I, I love watching that play because it's just like, it's just peak what an, a, such a good player can do. And it like, not even good player, great player. I don't know if there are too many other players that can ex- execute that pass. I mean, I just, that was unreal. Absolutely unreal to me. And she, she did it a couple times, but I think the Lester one was the best one because she was so, so, it was so outrageous. And just watch where like Sam Kerr was when she plays that ball. It's unreal that she saw that. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Guru Sam Kerr because that's exactly my one, but it, against Reading, just because I know that you talked about how amazing that that pass was and just how crazy it was that she would even think of Sam Kerr to be here. But I think this is just as crazy, but just in a different way because when she, you know, she delivered across that Sam Kerr headed in, but she was halfway to the floor and she picked the perfect spot in which the ball just curves over the defenders in between the two central defenders. And Sam Kerr's not going to not finish that, of course. You know, she'll find a way, whether it was a bad cross or a good cross, but it's just, again, another one of those no-look passes where you just think it's not, you know, it's not mathematical or scientific. She just knows. And I don't know how she knows, but she does. Um, And for it to be on the final day of the season just kind of, I think, brings everything full circle. Um, so not the same goal, not the same assist, but I think we can we can both agree on Guru right and I'm sure Mia will be thinking of that too. Actually not. <gasps> no. Uh, I'm gonna go for Jelena Chankovic oh. mm-hmm. to Sam Kerr injury time against Arsenal. That's my that's my assist of the year. That's a strong shout, I think. Um I think that's that's kind of gotta be up there, but there's just so many this season where I think players have just stepped up and delivered these crazy moments and we've had the privilege of seeing quite a few of them be you know by Guru because she's had the most number of sits but also just across the squad and that's kind of the really cool thing to know that it, it's it's shared you know I, I think I think Guru Reiten has had enough of me <laughs> during this episode so I'm allowed to to pick Juliana Jankovic this time I think that that might be all of our awards. We've gotten through them all. Um, we talked a lot about Guru Raiten, but we've also talked a lot about a few other players. Um, just wanted to ask if you guys think there's anything else or any other players that would kind of deserve a mention. I think I think they all deserve one mention. Actually, like I'm gonna be very Swedish and and fair that way, but I do think that just looking back uh, at the season. And, and how it's been. And uh, I, I can understand why people uh, said that or say that Chelsea hasn't played the best football this season. But the fact is that they were like two, three games. They had two, three, three games in hand. Uh, so and with that knowledge that, you know, that if we win, the, if we win these games, we are going to win the league we do our job, we're going to win the league. And when that moment occurred in the season, they did exactly that. Um, so this is why I do think that all the players uh, in in this Chelsea teams, they, they deserve uh, one, one mention. Yeah, well-deserved uh, as well. I, I love that you gave uh, Jelena Cankovic uh, a shout-out because I think she definitely deserved it. Um, there were some times where she came in, looked real good, and then was dropped, and we didn't see her for a few games. Uh, then she came in and like 
that that assist to Sam Kerr to get uh, to draw with Arsenal, that was huge. That was absolutely massive, and that was another inch perfect uh, assist. Um, so yeah, like yeah, but I mean, I just think the squad overall. You know, you lose Frank Kirby and Pernilla Harder for the vast majority of the season. You lose Khadija Buchanan and Millie Bright, who had become your starting center back pairing for the second half of the season or pretty much the run up in the second half of the season. You know, you don't have them against Leon. You don't have them against Barcelona. You don't have them, you know, against the big teams that you're trying to, you need to take points off of in order to win the league again. And players stepped up, you know, Magda steps up, Marin steps up, you know, Jess Carter played a big role. Neve Charles played a big role as well. Uh, Melanie Lupos coming back from having a baby looked incredible. So, like, yeah, I'm just completely in kind of still in awe of so many of the performances that we saw um, and just excited for this team, happy for this team. Um, yeah, thrilled. I think Miriam froze again. So we might just say we'll probably talk about some transfer stuff, uh, get into some news at some point um, and and do things. Once my voice recovers, once I recover, perhaps, yeah. then we'll you go ahead. Ne- you and, uh, need to take care of yourself. Like, yeah, it's, a lot. Um, yeah. This thing sucks. I, yeah, I, I strongly don't. I'm not gonna. It. I'm not gonna say it, but I'm gonna say it that you you already told me that you were been working so much, and this is what happens when. <laughs> it's true. Then your body is telling you to slow down, buddy. Okay. It's true. It's true. And yeah, uh, I don't. I don't want to feel this ever again. So yeah, I think. Um, I think we'll let let things kind of settle for a little bit, but we will be back uh, once some signings become actually true once we see them holding the shirt once we see some things you know happen throughout the off season we'll be sure to uh hop back and talk about them and discuss them so uh until then enjoy our fourth title in a row that's an absolutely unreal unreal achievement we're thrilled we're happy the entire team deserves it and uh keep playing back those social media videos because they're hilarious this team knows how to celebrate that's another thing i love about them